Alright, let's come to our message this morning. John chapter 4, verse 43 to 54. Please open your Bibles now to the Gospel reading. John chapter 4, verse 43 to 54. Let us all stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. This is from the New International Version of the Bible. After two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. So may God bless the reading from the gospel. Please take your seats. We come to the fourth week of our Who's Your One campaign. And again, I hope and pray that we are doing some progress. As aside from our prayer, we are initiating. Now let me just share my developments as well. So, aside from praying every day for my one, I'm also asking, Lord, please give me another chance to meet my one. Because again, his work is on a different time schedule. So while we are awake, he is sleeping, and while we are sleeping, he is working. So last Monday after our BS, you know, I was so happy that I saw him going out. And so I... I immediately approached him and, you know, greeted him. And then, you know, we talked and I said, you know, we, I came from a Bible study. And then I told him, you know, maybe one of these days you join us. And, and we noticed, I remember that, remember I told you last week that there was a sick boy in, in their home. And I told him, you know what, I noticed that, you know, there's this sick boy, you know, we are praying for him. And, you know, he said, you know, we really appreciate your, your gesture. You know, he's, he's a nephew of, of, of his wife. And so I told him, you know, we will pray for him. And he said, you know, I will tell my wife that, you know, you're doing that. So 
that was that was that was a very aha moment already. Wow. Praise God. I was able to to do some, you know, baby steps. So I hope you're doing as well. Either through text, either through chat, you know, just extending the love of Jesus because that's the most important thing. We know that Jesus loves us so much. We know that we are saved and we want to tell others, you know, how blessed it is to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, today we commemorate the triumphal entry of Christ. You know, this is known as the triumphal entry. And in tradition, we celebrate Palm Sunday because. According to the Gospel of Mark, that is what the people were doing when they welcomed Jesus Christ entering Jerusalem. They you know, cut palm branches and wave and lay them on the road. It was a sign. It was a prophetic sign of the coming Messiah that they are going to welcome Him you know, as a sign of victory. So waving palm branches was a traditional thing for the Jews whenever their king enters, you know, in victory from war, they would be waving palm branches. So this is known as the triumphal entry of Christ, but how come this be, this is a triumphal entry that we know that this entry to Jerusalem was also his way to his death. But spiritually speaking, his entry to Jerusalem is known by the Christians as triumphal entry because it is the entry to what? To the victory over death, victory over sin, because Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. Now, friends, let's just review. In this series, three weeks ago, we talked about a man called Zacchaeus. Okay? He is Jesus' one where? In Jericho. And then we had the story of the woman, Jesus one, where? What city is this? Sikar in Samaria, right? The Samaritan woman, right? And then last week, last Sunday, we talked about another man by the name of Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, and also experienced being born again through the word of Christ. Now we come to our fourth personality, right? A royal official, right? A royal official, and from where? From where? You know, from the text. He is from Capernaum, yes? Capernaum, okay, in Galilee, all right? So we are going to study this man because we are going to know about Faith. We are going to talk about faith this morning. And so the title of our message, A Royal Official Believe. He believed. Our main idea is this, that Jesus came to heal our souls, not just to heal our sickness, but Christ coming to the world is to bring healing to humanity. Right? By His wounds, we are healed. While Jesus Christ came bringing healing to the sick, to the blind, to the lepers, but the main purpose of Jesus coming to earth is to bring healing to our souls because that is the greatest need of man. We are sinners and because of our sins, we have been separated from God. 
Because of our sins, we are not able to receive the blessings of God, the blessings of life, eternal life. Because of sin, our lives are shattered. But Christ came to make us whole again. Amen? So that's, that's our lesson today. And we are going to talk about faith because the way to real healing of our soul is faith. Amen? But what kind of faith? We declare salvation is by faith, right? We always say that. That's sola fide. Sola fide, by faith alone. And, and the Gospel of John is, 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 you know, giving us verses upon verses. Like John 6.40, everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have what? Eternal life. Believe in Him. Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Right? Now, sorry, I did not, I, I missed to change that. That should be Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Okay? Now, why am I stating these verses? Because we believe that salvation is by faith alone. But here's, here's the problem. Not all who believe in Jesus are saved. <laughs> do, you, do you agree? Not all who believe. In fact, if you ask any Filipino if they believe in Jesus, almost everyone, if they are not Muslims, they would say, I believe. But we are going to see this morning what kind of believing that would truly bring out salvation. Because not all believing in Christ will result to salvation. Alright, so let's jump into the story. Let's begin with verse 43. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now let me just give you a connection. After the two days. This story, brethren, you know, this follows directly the story of the Samaritan woman. Remember? John chapter 4. Jesus spoke with a Samaritan woman in the well. And you know what happened when this Samaritan learned that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? You know, she left her jar and went to her town declaring and proclaiming that, you know, I found the Messiah. She told me everything I did. And you know, in that story, so many Samaritans got saved. So many Samaritans believe because of the testimony of the woman. And Jesus, they begged Jesus to stay with them for two days. So that's the two days mentioned here. Jesus stayed two days in Samaria. And if you read verse 42, they believe in him and they said, we now know that he is truly the savior of the world. Remember verse 42. Take note, brethren, Jesus never performed any miracle in Samaria. No miracle but people believe. Why? Because of the word. Remember? It's the word. Jesus spoke to them for two days and they believe. Remember in our lesson last week, it is through the washing of the word. 
that being born again, you know, will take place. We become born again. And so it is through the Word and the work of the Spirit that these Samaritans got saved. They, they were born again. They put their faith in Jesus Christ. So after two days, he left Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Now, remember, Jesus Christ is from Nazareth. He's a Nazarene. Where is Nazareth? Nazareth is one of the towns in Galilee. Were we able to visit Nazareth? Okay, we were not there. Okay, we were not able to visit Nazareth. Right. Nazareth is just 18 miles of Cana. So they, they're all in Galilee. So Capernaum, there's Cana, there's Nazareth. Okay? These are important cities because these are the places where Jesus Christ performed miracles. But then Jesus made this comment. Jesus himself had pointed out that no prophet is honored in his own hometown. So in other words, he went to Samaria. That's not his hometown, but everyone in Samaria loved him. But now he's coming back to Galilee. Right? He's now coming back to Galilee. Now, notice verse 45. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. Now, this is strange. I want you to focus on the verse. Verse 44, Jesus, there's a commentary there. He is not welcome in his hometown. And in verse 45, the Bible says, when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. Now, that is strange. Because he said he is not honored in his own country, but now the Galileans welcomed him. What is this? Now, we need to understand, friends, that the welcome here, you know, welcome here is not the kind of welcome that we would expect. All right? There's more to this welcoming. All right? In other words, kung ato pa ni, welcome na plastic. Alright? You know why they welcome him? Their reception of Christ is different than we thought. Okay? Look at verse 45. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. You see? So their welcoming was different. They welcomed Jesus, but Jesus knew that he is not honored in his hometown. The Galileans welcome him. Why? Because the Galileans were there in Jerusalem. Remember in last Sunday. Remember, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus believed in Jesus because he's one of those crowd in John chapter 2 that saw the miracles, all right? He, he, saw the, the, he saw the miracles together with the Jews. And the Galileans were also there in Jerusalem, they saw the miracles, and so when they knew that Jesus Christ was coming home, they also immediately went home. These are what? Entertainment-seeking people. They go to Jesus Christ for the wrong reason. You know? Free bread. <laughs> free fish. You know? Free entertainment. And you know, during the time, it was so boring. They were under the Roman em Empire. And life wasn't good. But you know what? It makes life better when they see a blind sea. Oh, katukot silingan man ako na siya. Diba? It becomes an entertainment. 
And friends, it's so sad that Christianity after 2,000 years hasn't changed that much. People go to churches. People go to Jesus because Jesus can bring healing to their problems. Jesus can make them rich. Jesus can heal their, their sickness. Jesus can bring reconciliation to their troubles. When all these things are done, they forget about Jesus. In other words, I'm not saying that Jesus could not do those things. A lot of people go to Jesus for their own personal entertainment. So sad. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Right? So when he entered Cana, again, he's, he's coming to Cana, and this is where he performed the, the first miraculous sign. Remember John chapter 2 in the wedding. So there was, we went to Cana. Right? We were there. Okay? I visited the place. The place where that wedding took place. So there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. So he's from Capernaum. And again, Capernaum is 18 miles you know, from Cana. And it would take them six days to walk, two days to ride with horse. So this man, of course, he's a royal official. So it would take him two days to travel. So it took him two days. He arrived in Cana. Jesus was there. Now, we need to know something about this royal official. You know, the royal, the word royal official here, the word there is basilicus, right? Basilicus. What is that word? It means something who is what? Someone who is related or attached to a king. Any word with that word, basilius, basilica, you know? it has something to do with something that is royal or king. All right? Basilius, Basilia is the Greek word for kingdom. Basilius, you're a king. So if your name is Basil, uh, Basilio, it means you're a king. That's the word. Basilica, it means a royal court. Okay? But later on in, in you know, in, in our tradition, it became what? A church. But Basilica is actually a royal court. Right? So here, he is known as a basilicus. Someone who is attached to a king. And there was only one king at that part of the world at this time. No? There was only one king, Herod. All right? Herod, particularly Herod Antipas, the son of Herod the Great. All right? There was no other king. And he was a puppet king. He was, this king was, you know, was... Uh, given all this king, this kingship, this title was only given to him, you know, and he's just a puppet of the Roman Empire. He is not even a Jew. He's an Edo, Edomite, you know, an Edomite king. Okay, so we can say from, from the term used by John that this royal official is maybe a relative or maybe working with King Herod. And you know, King Herod, they don't like Jesus. Remember, John the Baptist was beheaded by Herod. And so we have here a Herodian, you know, someone related or working with King Herod, going to Jesus Christ, you know, a very desperate father because according to John, his son is dying, right? So he approached Jesus Christ 
He begged him, and take note again, his position is a royalty, and he's approaching a man who is just what? An ordinary Nazarene. But remember, desperation can always bring us to our knees. <laughs> Sometimes God would use our desperate situations to draw us to himself. And that's what's happening here. Here's a man who is not even a believer of God because he's, 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 he's a pagan. And now he's coming to our Lord Jesus Christ because he has a very urgent need. All right? Now, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and what? Begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. That's what the Bible says. And friends, the, the tense beg, begging him, it's something, it's, it's, it's talking about a repeated plea. This is not just a one request. So it's like, John is telling us maybe Jesus Christ was walking and this man was just walking with Jesus, always saying, Lord, please come, please come. So that's the idea. So the begging here is a repeated request. Begging the Lord because he is desperately in need of the healing of, that comes from Christ. All right, here's the first point that I want us to understand. What? What does this miracle, what this miracle tell us about this royal official, particularly about his faith? So we are going to look at the, the progression of his faith. All right? That's where we want to see because this is where a lot of us, okay, are also moving as far as our faith is concerned and also the faith of our one. So what this miracle tells us about the royal official, all right? Number one. He believed in Jesus' work. He believed. He's one of the Galileans who welcomed Jesus. All right? He, he, he has heard about the miracle. Probably he has seen one of these miracles of Christ. And now he wants this miracle to be done to his son. All right? So he believed. All right? Now remember, John chapter 2, 23 to 25, not all who believe are really saved. <laughs> Alright? Look at this. Now while he was in Jerusalem, Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. So the faith of this royal official is some, somewhat the same as these people who were in Jerusalem. Right? And by the way, Jews are, you know, Jews are, are, are you know, they, they have this tradition of, of going to Jerusalem at least three times a year as a pilgrimage. Okay? One is for the Passover, right? Passover, that's during, just like our Holy Week. And the second one is the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost. Okay? That's Pentecost. And then the third, that they ha really have to come is the Feast of Tabernacles, usually September, October. It's a big festival in Jerusalem, Feast of Tabernacles. So three times a year, Jewish men were required to go. So this is Passover. This is considered a high feast for the Jews. So Jews would really come, you know, in pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So they saw Jesus Christ perform miracles. And that was the kind of faith that this royal official had. 
Right? But the Bible says, Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men, he himself knew what is in man. He knows that their faith is only what? It's about seeing. All right? Their faith is only up to the work of God. They believe, yes, they, they don't question that Jesus Christ is a miracle worker. He's truly a miracle worker. And what drove this royal official to Jesus? Again, his desperation. Probably in his heart, he doesn't want to, to submit to this man. You know, He belongs to the royal court. He belongs to the royal family. Why would he bow down to this man in Nazareth? But friends, as I have said, desperation would really bring us to our knees. He went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. His son is dying. He came to Jesus Christ and friends, I'm sure those of us who are parents here, we can relate with this man. What could be worse than seeing our son or daughter sick? You know, and when I was studying this passage, I immediately recalled those times, you know, what happened to my son, Josh. Especially when the doctor told me that, you know what, Pastor, wala na siya known na cure. And it shattered, you know. And I can relate with this man. This is a worse situation. And you know what? You know, you can probably agree. Even if this man was a Buddhist, a Muslim, he is willing to bow down to Jesus. Anything that would bring his son health. See? But that's his faith. His faith, as, as far as at this point is concerned, it's a faith that is what? It's a superficial faith. It's a faith that, you know, I'm going to believe in you. I don't care who you are. I'm going to believe you because I need what you can do. A lot of people are like that today. They go to Jesus because they've seen others. Because of Jesus, this man got rich. Because of Jesus, his cancer was healed. Because of Jesus, you know, his problems are solved. Because of Jesus, his business is booming. I'd like to go to Jesus. See? So many people are like that. That we believe in the miracles of Jesus. But friends, that kind of believing does not save. Jesus already said that. He would not entrust his, himself to these people. And it's so sad that many people are in the church and they are coming to Jesus not to truly honor Him, but just to get something from Him. Christianity based on what? Self. See? It's not about Jesus. It's about me. I need you because you can solve my problems. You can bring healing to myself. Friends, don't get me wrong. Is that a wrong thing, Pastor? No, because that's the beginning. Everything starts there. Everything, every one of us start, started there. None of us went to Jesus Christ for the very right motive. Somehow, we all started from there. It's a good beginning, but you should not stick there. Amen? We should not stay there. A lot of Filipino Christians 
are just for the miracles. Look at the places where supposedly there are miracles there. That's where people would do their pilgrimages. Diba? See? Our focus is on the miracle and not on the man himself, the Messiah. And at this point, the focus of this man was what? What Jesus can do for his son. And you know, I cannot blame him. I understand perfectly and I'm sure you would understand this royal official if you were in his shoe. Now notice, notice the answer of Jesus Christ. Notice the response. Unless you people see miracles and signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. Isn't that harsh? Isn't that so rude? Here's a desperate man. He's a man who is heartbroken because his son is dying. And then Jesus Christ would simply say, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. Ouch. It's like, yes, that's true. But you know what? That didn't bother the man. See? Friends, again, these people, you see, you people, he's actually talking to the crowd, not just to the man. Of course, the man was part of the crowd. They believe, according to John Piper, they believe as sign seekers, but not savior seekers. Lovers of Jesus' power, but not of his person. That's the kind of faith they have. So many of them, by thousands. Of course, those fed by our Lord Jesus Christ, 5,000 men, not counting women. How many? 10,000. But their belief is only as far as their their stomach are satisfied. <laughs> See? That's the kind of faith they have. But friends, we have to go beyond that. Notice in verse 49, the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. I think Jesus Christ is just testing the man if his faith is real. Because at that point, it seems that his faith is like the, all the Galileans. They only come to Jesus for the miracle, for the entertainment. And so it's like Jesus Christ was just dismissing him, you know, unless you see miracles. But you know what? Look at the royal official. He persisted. You know? He doesn't even comment on the, on, the, you know, on the statement of Christ. He insisted, Sir, Come down before my child dies. And by the way, I want you to see this. This might not be found in the English translation. Sir, that's the translation. But in the Greek, that's actually curious. What is curious? Lord. That's why we have the Kyrie Elysin. Kyrie. Lord. Lord have mercy. That's the same word as Lord. So here's a royal official who is always called Lord by his people, now calling Jesus Lord. <laughs> See? And he doesn't care if Jesus Christ was so harsh. What he cares, his son is dying, and I know that only you can save him. Sir, come down before my child dies. He's so persistent. He's like that, if you remember that Syrophoenician woman begging and Jesus Christ somehow refused, you know? But the Syrophoenician woman persisted, Lord, even dogs would love to eat breadcrumbs. 
See? And that's why Jesus says, you know what? You have a mega faith. A great faith. That even if somehow Jesus tested the Syrophoenician woman, she insisted, Lord, even if you treat me like a dog, it's okay. I need you. Same thing with this royal official. He's, he's, he's in the court of King Herod, and he is begging and asking, Lord, come down before my child dies. And you know what Jesus said? Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. That's all. Go, your son will live. Now, if you're a royal official, you know, what do you expect? You know, you're a royalty. You expect Jesus to come with you. You know, he's bringing his delegation with him. But the words of Jesus, go. Your son will live. Now, let's go to the second level of his faith. All right? We'll see. Will he go? I mean, maybe he insisted, Lord, please come with me, Lord, and touch him. You know, I, I saw that with, with the miracles you did with others. You know, you touch him. You do something. But Jesus says, go. Now, here's second level of his faith. He believed in Jesus' word. Notice verse 50. And here's the amazing thing. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. You see? The man took Jesus at his word. So now we can see a, a deeper level of faith in this man. So therefore, this man is what? Is more than just the other Galileans. Because the other Galileans, they want to see, they're so excited to see what would Jesus do next. See? That's what they, they are there. They want to see the action, but here there's no action. He will live. <laughs> see? And I don't know if I was the official, you know, I would say, but Lord, wala, wala na lang bisag abracadabra, wala lang something, ana, Lord. Wala na lang, you know, bring this water, you know, something like that, Lord. Uh, here's this, this hanky, you know, you. Diba? We people, we love those stuff. <laughs> but you know, Jesus said, He spoke. And the man took Jesus at His word. And by the way, the word, word there is the word Logos. He is the Logos. He's the eternal Logos. Friends, what would bring about bo being born again? It's the Logos. The Logos brings life. The words I've spoken to you are, are spirit and they give life. That's what Jesus said. The man took Jesus at his word. Then Jesus, you know, in, in, in John 20, 29, this is very important. Jesus said this to Thomas. Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. That's the norm. But Jesus declared, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's real faith. Friends, the way people want to believe is this. Ang, ang ato ang principle is this. Seeing is believing. See? That's the human. That's human religion. Let me see and then I will believe. But that's not Christ's kind of faith. You know why for Jesus? Believe, and you will see. 
Believe and you will see. Ang ato is, let me see first the miracle. Lord, please come to me. Lord, maybe you need to say something or do something. Jesus says, go. Because for Jesus, blessed are those who believe even if they have not seen. That's saving faith. Amen? Now, Jesus, again, being born again, it is very important. First Peter 1 to 3, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring logos of God. Logos, word of God. So I am inclined to believe, brethren, that the man's faith, you know, he is being born again. You say, Pastor, asa you ka ang born again? Remember? Being born again is the work of the Spirit. It's mysterious. You don't know exactly when it happened. But for me, I'm inclined to believe that the man's heart was changed the moment Jesus says, Go, and your son will live. Because at that moment, listen, at that exact moment when Jesus says, Go, your son will live, the son must miraculously heal. Suddenly, his cells began to heal. And you know what? The man's heart was also healed. That's what being born again. It's through the Word. It's when the Word pierces you. And that's why you believe. Right? So faith comes where? From hearing and hearing through the Logos, the Word of Christ. Jesus said the Word, Go, your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his logos, at his word. That's faith at his word. So while he was still on, on the way, remember, it will take him two days on horse, six days on foot. So his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, curious, you know? Rabbi, what's the time? Because in his heart, he knew that that word of Jesus, that's, that's it. That's power, right? They said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. It could be COVID, no? Fever, man. COVID siguro to. See, no need of vaccine. Jesus is the vaccine. Probably that was COVID. <laughs> Why not? But friends, COVID or non-COVID, the point is this. Jesus Christ is in control. And He is powerful. And He is the great healer. The fever left Him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said, Your son will live. There he realized that He is truly the Messiah. You know? He is not just a miracle worker. He's not, like, he's not just like all the other prophets. He's a special one. You know? And that brings us to the third. When he realized that his son got healed at the exact moment when Jesus Christ spoke the Logos, he believed in Jesus' worth. Not just in his word, his worth. Friends, this is so important. When we say, what does it mean to receive Jesus Christ as Lord? You are not just receiving His work, His word, but you have to accept Him, who He is. That He is the Son of God. 
that He is God Himself, and that He is powerful. Look at the amazing thing that happened in verse 53. You know, after He realized, look at this, He Himself believed and all His household. Wait a minute. He Himself believed. I thought He already believed when He was there. Yes, He believed. But that was a superficial faith. That is just a miracle-seeking faith. I thought he believed when Jesus said, your son will live. Yes, he believed, but it was just a word. You know, he just believed that, you know, he spoke the word. But now he believed and all his household. What does that mean? Friends, it means that here, this is now the point where he truly recognized that indeed, he is the Son of God. Because that is the very purpose why the Gospel of John was written. You know that? The Gospel of John was written so that people will believe that He is the Son of God. That's the point why John, you know, you don't see all miracles in the Gospel of John. John, you know, John wrote this, this Gospel picking Seven specific miracles of Jesus Christ, you know? The pinnacle is the miracle of His resurrection. Seven miracles to prove that this man called Jesus is indeed the Son of God. And if you believe in Him as the Son of God, you shall be saved. That's the purpose of John. The first miracle was water into wine. This is the second sign. Remember, John, seven, seven miracles, seven I am's of Jesus. It's the Gospel of John, all right? So Jesus didn't just heal the boy, but gave hope of everlasting life for the whole family. That's the amazing thing here. He thought that his coming home would bring healing to his son. He never realized that the whole family will get healed because now they put their faith in Jesus Christ. That's the amazing healing, friends. More than the healing of the boy. Brethren, listen. The most important healing that we should seek God is not the healing of our arthritis. You know? The healing of our, you know, mga sakit-sakit. It's the healing of our soul. Have you received that healing already? Have you been healed? Have you been reconciled? Because the greatest sickness that man has, friends, is this. The sickness that we have been separated from our Father because of our sin, because of our disobedience. We have been separated. That's why when you are sick, your cells are not functioning well. When we are sick spiritually, our life does not function well. That's why when we are sick spiritually, we are always fighting. We are always broken. We are always sad. We get depressed. See? We are not functioning well until Christ brings healing to us. And Jesus brought healing, not just to the boy, but to the entire family. And that's why John wrote, this was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Why? It's so important because again, later on, I will show you that the purpose why John wrote this gospel so that people will know that he's not just a miracle worker. He is God. 
and we must put our trust in Him. So what does this tell us about the Lord Jesus, right, as we close? What does this tell us about our Lord Jesus? Very simple, friends. This tells us about His grace. It's pure grace. There was nothing in this man that deserved Christ's healing. At first, probably he, was, he had that sense of entitlement. You know, I'm a royal official. You should come. Jesus says, oh no. I just have to say the word. See? The last time Jesus spoke the word, the universe became a universe. <laughs> See? But that's sheer grace. There's nothing in the boy, there's nothing in the man that deserved Christ to heal. But nonetheless, Jesus said, go and he shall live. That's grace, brethren. Second, it shows the greatness of Christ. This miracle tells us that Jesus is so great. You know why so great? He doesn't have to travel 18 miles to bring healing. He just have to say the word. Boom. Healed. Just the word. See? No need of a, of a handkerchief. No need of some, you know, oil. <laughs> no need of some rituals. Jesus spoke the word. Why? Because he's a great God. This is a demonstration of He is the mighty one, the omnipotent one, that even waves and winds obey Him. How much more a coronavirus? They obey Him because He's the great God. And lastly, this is a demonstration of His glory. The miracles of Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John is a demonstration of what? Of his glory. No wonder in, in John chapter 1, John the beloved, the writer, gives this commentary. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. You see? That's the glory. Every time Jesus performs a miracle, it is a manifestation that he is the glorious God. And we must obey him. We must believe in him. That's His glory. That's what this miracle is all about. It is to bring glory to Christ. But what about us today? What does this miracle tell us today? Well, as I have said, this is about faith. What does it mean to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And you'll be saved. What does it mean? Because we always do that. How can I be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but what is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, you have to go through the same process. One, believe in His work. Believe in His work to be the very work of God. Everything that Jesus did is from God. Don't be like the Pharisees. The Pharisees says, ah, your work is from Beelzebub. No. He is God. Believe in His work. Number two, believe in His word. Read His word. Read His Word. Friends, believe in His Word. Read His Word. Listen to His Word. Because they are the very words of God. They are words of life. And that is where you can be born again if you are not yet born again. And number three, believe in His worth that He is truly the man He claimed to be. He is the great I Am. And friends, He is worthy. Amen? He is worthy of our faith. He is worthy of our trust. And the Bible says, He is worthy of all praises and adoration. And as I have said, this is 
the, the purpose of the Gospel of John. Look at John 20, 31. But these are written, look at this, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that by believing, you may have life in His name. Friends, what is that believing? Believing that He is the Son of God. Believing that He is the Messiah. That's what will get you saved. Amen? Because at the end of the Bible, towards the end of the Bible, brethren, this is the declaration. When you read Revelation chapter 5, of course, the same writer, John, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise forever and ever. He is worthy. Believe in Him. That's where we can be saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for Jesus Christ. We thank You that today we commemorate the entry of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And Lord, we don't want to be like those Jews who cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, but that at, at the end, Lord, of the week, they shouted, crucify Him. But we want to be like those angels surrounding the throne of the Lamb, declaring honor and praise and glory and, and, and might belongs to Jesus Christ alone. Oh God, we are not just miracle seekers we are here because we want to honor you, Lord, for who you are and not just for what you do. Oh God, we worship you. We magnify you, oh God. Lord Jesus, you are worthy indeed. Amen and amen.